This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Yeah, some random white dude and it's, oh, it's, oh, that's Ethan Hawke. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Willis. I have two that I'm going back and forth here. And honestly, if I'm being real, I have four that I'm going back and forth on in my head right now. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. What is happening, everyone? It's Megapixels week here on Pixel Splitters. You know what that means. We're going to dive in deep on a top five list here and give you some of our... First of all, I think we need a Megapixels jingle. I'm putting that out there. We definitely need a Megapixels jingle. I will get, in, I will get on that. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry, continue. It's okay. But yeah, Megapixels this week, guys. We're going to be giving you our personal top five greatest movie villains. And we'll go into the, the, the specifics when we get to the segment. But yeah. This is going to be a fun one, if I do there are say so a lot myself. of rules around this one. Yes. <laughs> to keep it interesting. Um, yes, self-imposed but, rules, you know, yes. as we always do. Lots of qualifications. I feel like I have even further self-imposed rules. Like, there are things that would totally count that I was like, no, I'm not doing that one. That's against the rules. But that's but okay. No, no yeah. Anyway. These are hard lists to make, guys, and we literally have to give ourselves rules to not go insane. So uh, you'll, you'll hear about it. Before we get into that, let me just run through the weekly releases here for theaters. Nothing, nothing is is premiering it's this week. week. But we have two movies coming back to theaters. Jaws is being re released in IMAX uh, Friday to Monday. They might extend that, but it was for the Labor Day weekend. So I mean. Jaws on the big screen, guys. You should go see Jaws. Like, why not? <laughs> at the end of summer, so you don't have to worry about, you know, being at the beach all summer now. Exactly. And since, you know, we're in Massachusetts, people are always freaking out about sharks and whatnot. You know, the vineyard's right there. So, uh, but if you're not into Jaws, Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff version, is also coming back to theaters this weekend I asked you this. I I don't think I'm gonna go see it. No, I I really don't have any desire. Like <laughs> the thing that gets me is I feel like YouTube is gonna feed me those extra eleven minutes. Like yeah, on Friday morning. I like I feel like I'm just yeah. gonna be like oh okay, <laughs> it's more conversations between Peter and MJ. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'm so yeah. I'm not I'm not going to see that again. They don't they don't need our money again. Like that's just come on guys. This is the biggest cash grab I've ever seen, but you know what? It is what it is. I still maintain this is how they got Morbius back in theaters. It's kind of the only reasonable way that I could have seen that happening, so I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> but we have some stuff coming to streaming. Two really big shows, but before I get to that, there is a really interesting show or a series, I guess. I think it's a mini series premiering on AMC Plus today. It's called Pantheon. It's a sci-fi animated drama series based off of a uh, series of short stories by Ken Liu and centers around a bullied teenager who receives mysterious help from an online stranger who actually turns out to be her father, uh, recently deceased through some sort of like a an uploading consciousness to the cloud type of scenario. Mm. Uh, it, it seems really interesting. Katie Chang's in it, Daniel Day Kim, Paul Dano, Maude Apatow. It's got a really, really great oh, wow. cast. So I, I think it's going to be weird, but something different to go check out, you know, something that's off the beaten path. Obviously, it's yeah. on AMC+, Plus, so like, you, who knows? You, you don't have that usually. So, um, yeah, I feel like I didn't even know 100% that that was a thing. Yeah, exactly. 
But the two big things, the first one, Rick and Morty season six, folks, is back this Sunday on Adult Swim. Yes. Uh, this is one of the those shows that I think is going to probably go on forever. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those cult classic or one of those like cult shows that built into a mainstream show. Yeah. Uh, and Rick and Morty is great. So give Dan, Dan Harmon some some love there. It's and true. then the, the big one. The big one. Rings of power. I'm really afraid. Okay. <laughs> what, what? I was like really afraid you were gonna throw something else out there, and I was gonna be like, no. uh, Josh. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's it can only be Lord of the Rings. Rings yeah. of power. Rings of tomorrow power. on Prime. How excited are you? I'm so hyped. More hyped than Thrones? Yes. You know how I know? Because I knew I have known for a little while that this was coming. Yeah. Like I feel like every show this week, this week, every show this year, I've been like. Wait, that's tomorrow? Yeah. Like Stranger Things, I was like, oh. Yeah. This, I've been, like, for the past month, I've been like, <laughs> okay, next week. Okay. Oh, well, not for the, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> But like next week, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um, yeah. So I am hyped. I am really curious to see what a billion dollars an episode is. Was that the number? No, it was a billion dollars for the whole Total? series. Right. But like Which a billion dollars, like a, no one spent a yeah. billion dollars on anything. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's I my hopes are high. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, but I'm sure I'm gonna check this out. Like I just I can't yeah. not. I saw the Hobbits. Like I'm not gonna stop <laughs> at this. Like come on, <laughs> God let it be better than the Hobbits. I think yeah. I still haven't seen the third Hobbit movie. It's because they're bad. I mean, but they're they're not good. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. I do want to say that both Top Gun Maverick and Nope are both on VOD right now. So if you didn't I want to go that. see them in theaters, check them out at home. Both of them men are well too. worth it. And men as well. That one is harder I guess to recommend. Been a little, yeah. <laughs> um, just because it's so weird. Uh, but yeah, so good stuff coming uh, this week. And let's just hop right into the episode here. Let's do it. So, Megapixels, Megapixels. once again. Yes. Do you want to run through what we're doing here, Willis? All right. So here's the jam. We are talking about our, our top five movie villains of all time. Yes. Now, there are several huge <laughs> asterisks to this. Yes. Because if we didn't do this, it would be the most obvious ones of all time. So the, the qualifiers are, cannot be from... Any kind of franchise IP. I honestly, in my head, was like anything with a sequel. Yeah. You know. Or a spinoff, like, yeah. Or a spinoff or anything connected to it beyond the one movie. Yes. Which really limits the field. Yeah. Um, takes away Darth Vader, obviously, who is yeah. arguably number one. Yeah. <laughs> takes away like Hannibal Lecter mm -hmm. because, you know, there's been several... Hannibal Lecter-esque things, and there's a whole show. Every horror movie icon. Every gone. horror movie, yep. Um, like, just, it, it's amazing how limiting this actually was, because I was like, yeah. It, we had to do it this way, though. Like, there was no other true. way. If we had not done this, because it would have been we'd the have worst the same, We'd have the same top fives. It would be, yeah. let's, the speculative top five, Darth Vader, Hannibal Lecter, Hans Gruber. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have a four and five at the top of my head, but like, yeah, like the you know, the Joker. <laughs> the, yeah, the Joker and like it's, we'll it's say yeah <laughs> Thanos. Yeah, Thanos there or any go. of the yeah yeah yeah. Our top five would be nearly yes. identical and variations on those. Super boring. Yes, 
So nothing from an IP or franchise or any kind of connected thing can be from TV if we wanted it to be, but I don't think either of us chose a TV series. No, that gets, um, that's... that got hairy real quick when I was thinking about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> uh, and the other qualifier that we put out there, just because same kind of idea, is no Hans Landa from Inglorious from Bastards. From Bastards, because that's like, yeah. of course. <laughs> because it's, yeah, you say, okay, like you get through all the IP once and you're like, oh, okay, Hans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christoph Waltz is iconic. Yeah. So that's the rules. Am I missing any? No, I think that's it. Standalone movies that aren't Inglorious Bastards. Exactly. That have amazing villains. <laughs> yes, yes. Which, it, guys, this is not as easy as you'd think it is. Because you start to deal, you start to dive into what is a villain and what isn't. And yeah. is this person bad enough? Or it's... It's this just, yeah. What, what were we saying beforehand? Um I toyed with uh, Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood, mm -hmm. but yeah. like, not really a villain, not a right. great guy, but like, no. kind of the protagonist of this. I don't know, like, there's, yeah, it, it became a whole thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we tried to simplify it as much as we could. We also might have our own little qualifications in here as we go through the list, as yeah. we always do. But we'll get to that as we go. Uh, we're going to be doing. Uh, five through one, but we also have one runner up, which will we act as our number up. six. Yes. And we'll do it snake fashion like we always do. Yes. Um, Although, again, yeah. I don't know who starts to get to the top. <sighs> it's we'll okay. Never learn. It, it's fine. I, I don't know either. And that's fine because it's a, it's a surprise every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, runners up. Yes. I'm going to start. I'm going to okay. do my runner up first because I feel like my runner up stands more apart from the rest of my list ah. than any of the others. So like, okay. I feel like, you know, we'll say mine and then we'll do two for you and there'll be a separation between my runner up and the rest of my list. <laughs> okay. You're, you're trying to add space. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a whole experience that I'm trying to create with this list, I guess. I like it. So. My runner-up, number, number six isn't even fair, but my runner-up of best villains of all time is Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's a great one. Because yeah. Oogie Boogie, the boogeyman, is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Arguably, like, arguably the most terrifying part of The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is, like, not an insubstantial list of characters yeah so scary. like <laughs> oogie boogie's song is like when he's singing to santa is terrifying his motion is and like just i don't know i have always been like that's a scary motherfucker yeah the animation oh my god the way he's molded i mean it's 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 a truly it's it's scary yeah, and the, <laughs> the spiders and whatnot coming out of his seams and and all oh, that kind gross. of stuff Love me some Nightmare Before Christmas. It's getting, we're almost there, getting close to Nightmare Before Christmas time. Um, I know. I guess not. I feel like Halloween's the usual uh, hit on that, and that's still Yeah, what, we're a like month, a month two and months a half. Away. Yeah, well, you yeah. know. <laughs> it's August. My wife got a pumpkin spice latte the other day, and I'm like, oh, shit. All right, here we go. Oh, they have them already. Um, okay. They, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993, uh, Oogie Boogie. Voiced nice. by Ken Page, Ken Page, who 
you don't really know from from much. He's very much a, a vocalist kind oh, okay. of person. I think like All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, he was in Dreamgirls. Yeah, basics. Oh, like but oh, okay. Shout I out, gotcha. shout out, Ken Page for uh, being terrifying when I was a little kid. Oh my god, when you're a kid, that is so deeply unsettling. Like it is so. That movie itself is like very scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, yet, really amazing. Beautiful. Continually yes. amazing. Like, yeah, it'll. Yeah, what next year will be thirty years? Like crazy. Put that out in a theater again. I'd go see it. Yeah. Oh my Hell god. Yeah. Oh All my right. god. So that's my runner-up. Like I said, you can kind of see like very different than probably what the rest yeah. of my list is going to be. Uh, so let's go on to your runner-up here, Josh. What's your what's your starter pistol here? All right. So my runner-up is kind of in a similar vein. Honestly, it's the only animated villain that I have on this Ooh. list, although there's a lot that you could choose from. But it's hard when you get into it. It's like, you know, a lot of Pixar things have sequels and that. Mm-hmm. But I chose to go with a movie from 2000. It's a movie that I might have talked about on this pod, but not at length. And it's The Road to El Dorado. It's Zekel Khan from The Road to El Dorado, mm. played by Armand Asante. Uh, you could go with Cortez in this, but I think he's not really like he's yeah. menace. He's just kind of like a figure. You know, you don't get much from him, whereas Zekel Khan is like evil and psychopathic and like satanic and and like a, like a witch kind of and. Yeah. Uh, and he, I remember when I was a kid, he was the one character that felt out of place in the whole movie because he's so power hungry. Everyone else mm-hmm. is kind of just like, you know, even, you know, Tulio and Miguel just want gold. The rest of the people yeah. just want peace and harmony. And this guy's like, I want power and I want to make sacrifices to the gods. Um, <laughs> and he is so, oh, so scary and menacing and the fact that you understand pretty quickly off that he'll do anything you know when he's conjuring spells towards the end and he's just killing people you're like oh he really doesn't he's killing his own people you're like you he really doesn't care and then he morphs into that big rock monster thing and it's like yeah he starts controlling the big dog and you're like Mm -hmm. oh my god like this is this is really scary i haven't thought about this movie in a long time great movie i it popped up on my instagram feed the other day and i'm like oh this is this is classic. Kenneth another Kenneth Brana. He plays um yeah. Uh I think he plays Miguel. Really really great. And Kevin Klein as yeah. Tulio. <laughs> uh Rosie Perez in there as Chell. Really really great voice actor. Edward James Olmos. Yes, Edward James Olmos. <laughs> Elton John is the narrator. Wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Elton John does the entire score and it's just like slaps the whole way through. <laughs> um but yeah, he's he's one of the characters that only really works in this setting because he's so cartoonish and, and comic booky to the point where he has no redeeming qualities and you're mm-hmm. like, well, this guy's just an evil person. Mm-hmm. But he has power and he wields it and you really feel like he could do anything because there are high stakes in this movie. Um, and it's just, it's a great voice performance. It's a great performance overall. So Armando Santi as Zeko Khan in The Road to El Dorado nice. is my runner up. Love Arm- Armando Santi. So good, so such a such a legend. <laughs> and so, do are we doing? Should I just roll into yeah, my number? Yeah, let's roll into here? your five. Okay. Let's get into the list. What do you got? So the list begins here. So my number five is the newest movie on my Ooh. entire list. It's actually a movie from this year. Oh, crazy enough, because this is a year that actually doesn't have that many good villains. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a couple that you can think of, but overall, it's like like Top Gun doesn't even have a villain. Like, there's movies that are just like yeah. there is no real villain. But this movie very much has a villain, uh, and it's Stephanie Sue as Jobu Tapaki and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, as soon as you said this week, this year, yeah. I was like, that's where he's going. 
was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. It's undeniable. I mean, this is a performance that I will remember for a very long time. Uh, it's a performance that's incredibly difficult to pull off for anybody, let alone a child. I think Stephanie Sue is under 20 years old and, mm-hmm. you know, she has to not only play the daughter of uh, Michelle Yeoh's character, but it's a it's a multiversal movie. So she has to play multiple characters and Joe Butapaki yeah. being like the culmination of everything that's go- literally everything everywhere all at once. Like that's her character's deal That's spoilers deal, like yeah. i guess we should have put a spoiler alert at the beginning because yeah. we are spoiling stuff i think sort of um i'll have try we, and keep uh, it pretty yeah, light. Guess, i'll I keep suppose. it light yeah uh but yeah it's it's a really complex and complicated performance that gives you heart but it gives you comedy it gives you true menace like the sequence where like she meets evelyn for the first time in the in the irs office and she's just like beating up all the guards and it's like mm-hmm. it's funny but it's also really violent and like almost disturbing in a way you know the way that yeah. things are happening Legit and the magic the, of that movie yeah exactly it, it blends everything together uh and her performance not just like in her physical performance but her facial expressions like she's forced to do a lot of things like she has to cry, like give really emotional yeah like weight to a lot of these scenes and it's just amazing. It's like amazing. Like this is one of those, and I'm like, if she doesn't get nominated for best uh, supporting this year, I'm just don't know what's going on because this yeah. blew me out of the water. We will have to have a conversation uh, about what the major players thus far in the Oscars are so far this year because, yeah, <laughs> everything everywhere is up there. There's like three or four that should get an a nomination. Am- here. I will be amazed if, like saying this now, I'll be amazed if Michelle Yao doesn't win. She the whole has damn to thing. Yeah. She has to, right? She has to. Yeah, but but it's just it's just amazing. And I, I'd never seen Stephanie Sue before this, but crushes it. I mean, truly crushes yeah. it. Her charisma and her confidence and just like it you you it's could incredible. swear she's been acting forever. And it's just it's unbelievable. So uh Stephanie Sue is Jobu Tupaki and everything everywhere all at once is my number five. Uh what is your number five, Willis? So my number five. I'm deciding this in the moment because somehow my number oh. five was the one that I couldn't land on. Really? <laughs> I have two that I'm going back and forth here. And like even the two, I'm like, honestly, if I'm being real, I have four that I'm going back and forth on in my head right now. But I'm going to land on this one. And my number five is going to be Commodus from Gladiator. Nice. Nice. Portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so good. There are a handful of actors that kept coming up when I was thinking of different movies uh, for this yeah. whole thing. And Joaquin Phoenix is is definitely one of them, mm-hmm. um, wherein he plays a villain so well. He's so good. And I think this is really, and you know, I'm sure people will argue this with me, but I feel like Gladiator was really the one that put him on the on the board. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, here's a, a major movie star. Um Yeah. But the character of Commodus is so complex and so like, like I want to say unhinged, but that's not even the word. Just like unpredictable, yeah. Like he, like angry, like ambitious. All this different stuff all folded into one. And like, you know, Russell Crowe gets a lot of credit for his portrayal in this, but like Joaquin Phoenix's role is just really the like grabs the attention in this in this movie. And I felt weird about this one because I was like. I don't know why I feel like Gladiator has like an asterisk in my head to it. Like it feels like it should be like a popcorn movie, like that's, you know, like a blockbuster kind of thing. But it did 
also win Best Picture. Yeah. And it is inarguably a fantastic movie. Yeah. So, but I feel, so I feel like I always put like a popcorn qualifier on it. Um, there's a new term I've just coined that I use <laughs> all the time. Popcorn qualifier. Popcorn qualifier. <laughs> but like, it's so good and he's so yeah. good. And like the end of this movie, and I guess we'll get to spoilers. I mean, it's freaking 20 years old, 22 years old now, but um, yeah, there's a statute of limitations yeah. there. Maybe <laughs> um, he, the, the ending there where his like arrogance and like just gets the better of him and it leads to his downfall is just so well done. And I, I, I think I've said this before on this podcast. I have watched this movie over and over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again. And like every time he's just like the psychosis just peeks through and you're like, yeah, that's why he made a fantastic Joker. Cause he's insane. Exactly. And he knows you how to play it him. so well. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is the king of like internal Mm-hmm. internal stuff i mean you see in the master you see in everything he does really um but he's so you know that there's stuff going on up there with all of his characters yeah. and this is no exception yeah it might be a popcorn movie but like popcorn movies can be really good like there's no there's nothing against popcorn um yeah, and popcorn movies today are bad but like back then they were pretty good <laughs> so this is a great pick love it love it <laughs> all right supposedly Gladiator 2 is a thing that's happening. But not yet. But, but not, not yet. yet. <laughs> nice. Nice tie-in to the movie there. Yes. So, yeah. So that's my number five. Commodus from Gladiator. That's a good one. I feel like you... Have you had Gladiator on another top five list? I feel like maybe. That's possible. It's a, it's it a is, great I have movie. A, I have a complex relationship <laughs> with that movie. All right. So that's going to bring us up to my number four. Indeed, it will. I'm so conflicted on this list. So my number four is a movie and a performance that doesn't deserve to be number four on a list of anything. Oh, wow. (laughs) And especially when we get to my other ones, I'm going to be like, what the fuck are you talking? But it's a personal list. (laughs) It is. It is. My number four is uh, Zorg from The Fifth Element. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Portrayed by Gary Ullman, like in classic, you know, insane, angry person. I love Zorg's just like coldness and like self-awareness. Yeah. Where he's just like, what there's one line where he's like, you're a monster Zorg. He's like, yeah, I know. I, I know what I am. I, I, and he's like fine with that. And he's going <laughs> to like wreak havoc on the whole world is trying to basically destroy all of existence. Yeah. And just like, man, Gary Ullman can bring an evil character like nobody else. It's like, so true. He was on. He was also on my list that didn't in, in the Lost in Space movie. I think I've said yeah. this on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. He was in the Lost in Space movie, which is terrible. The one with Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. And like, it's so bad, but he is so fucking evil and amazing in that as Dr. Smith. Dude. And it's like, yeah, that was on my list. But I was like, I can't in good conscience, like recommend can't anyone Lost watch in Lost in Space. <laughs> But him in the book of Eli too, like yeah. It, oh every, my I mean, God. Uh, like yeah, he's <laughs> so he, he was one of those. I said I said with Joaquin Phoenix, he was one of those actors that like kept coming up. It's like oh yes, here's like a fantastic yeah. evil actor. So that's my number four, Fifth Element. So um, love that movie. Yeah, also very popcorny. Um, but like Luke Besson. So yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gary Oldman, amazing. Those are two actors, Joaquin and Gary Oldman, that are really good at playing the 
complete good guy or the mm-hmm. complete bad guy like mm-hmm. like the pure innocence or pure evil it's like the either way they can do it i'm like that's just yeah. that's a good actor right there and like to another level of just like yeah here's like yeah it's you like hate it's, them it's, it's so good yeah it's so good so that brings us to your so my number, number four, four Josh. all right so my number four is one that i immediately thought of Immediately thought of after I thought of Hans Landa <laughs> when we were coming up with this list. Uh, Did you immediately think of that? And then later I was like texting, like, I feel like we shouldn't do Hans Landa. Yeah. I was like, well, he has to be on my list. And then you're like, well, we can't put him. And I'm like, you're right. I just imagine Josh like that. crossing off his <laughs> number one. Damn it, Willis. <laughs> well, he would have been up there. That's why. It's true. It's uh, true. He would have been my number one. Yeah, exactly. That's why we couldn't have him. Um, but this is another one that uh, is a movie, is from a movie that I've seen a lot of times because my it's one of my mom's favorites. We watch it every year. Um, it's Lionel Barrymore as Mr. Potter in uh, It's a Wonderful Life from the 40s. Oh. Ooh. And yeah. I've seen this movie like, well, like 20 times because, uh, you know, <laughs> every year. So I've seen it a lot. And it's one of those performances that you don't, when you're a kid, you kind of write off because he's not in, he's in it, but he's not in it like the whole time, like Jimmy yeah. Stewart is or anything. But uh, his presence, like I was watching clips last night and mm-hmm. his presence, man, even the way that, so mm-hmm. if you don't know about It's Wonderful Life, it's this story uh, that follows George Bailey, portrayed by Jimmy Stewart, who's contemplating taking his own life because he's he has all of these issues and he's feeling like maybe the world is better served without him. He's greeted with an angel who then takes him back through his own life and then shows what it would be like uh, mm-hmm. had he'd ever been born. It's a very like Christmas Carol-y type of deal. Yeah. Um, a beautiful, beautiful movie. But I, I kind of forgot that Mr. Potter was like handicapped. So he's always in this big wheelchair, but the wheelchair mm-hmm. is this big like throne thing. So when he's sitting at these board meetings with like um, the, like uh, the Bailey's business, he's like sitting above everyone, even though he's the only one who has to yeah. be wheelchair bound. And so he's like this imposing figure. And he's one of those characters that it's almost like a parody of itself. If it wasn't mm-hmm. in the forties, like now this is a complete parody yeah. of like this miserly old greedy, you know, yeah, old, but like, guy. It, like the parody would be of this role. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And basically he's just one of the, he's like the stand in for corporate greed and yeah. wealth inequality in America where he basically wants to destroy the uh, buildings and loan, building savings and loans like company because they allow people with lower income to take a loan out and start a business or, or yeah. build or buy a house and they don't have to rent from him anymore. So he's just like a bad person, but he's like a realistically bad person in the world where this is still going on, where people are still yeah. like corporate greed is the worst it's ever been. I mean, we have people who are billionaires now. and well, um, Yeah, I mean, like case the people that are freaking out about people getting their loans yeah, right. dismissed. <laughs> like, we just went exactly. through this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he is just curmudgeon and evil and really mean but he also has this kind of like conniving streak where he tries to like trick george into doing certain things for him and working for him and all of these different things and he even like goes so far as to steal money it's he's like one of the more deplorable characters in movies like these where he's taking advantage of just the people who have nothing yeah and uh, he was one of the first i'm like oh of course it's got to be someone like this who's just bad he's just plain old bad so i had to do no redeeming yeah yeah no redeeming qualities yet again 
And I love this movie. Frank Capra's masterpiece, It's a Wonderful Life. So Lionel Barrymore as Mr. Potter is my number four. Uh, my mom would be so proud. <laughs> um, Amazing. And going on to my number three here is one that could be on your list. I really don't know. This is another one that's like didn't pop up right away, but it's it's an amazing, iconic role. It's from a movie from 2007. I don't know if that mm-hmm. jogs your memory at all. And it's um, it's my favorite Coen Brothers movie. It's No Country for Old Men. It's Javier Bardem yep. as Anton in No yep. Country for Old Men. I mean, what can be said? This is like his Oscar-winning performance. I mean, it won them all Oscars, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and he's a true psychopath, true yeah. psychopath. In a, in a one of the more idiosyncratic performances mm-hmm. in this list, because it's not like it's understated. If anything, you know, yeah. he he's a crazy person, but he really doesn't show it. I mean, there's a Very sequence. Still. Where he's, yeah. Exactly. Even when he's choking the guy out on the floor, it's only in his face. Yeah. His eyes are just wide. The rest of him is completely still. And that's when you're like, oh, we're dealing with someone different here. Yeah. Um, even with his method of killing people with the cattle, like, I don't even know what you call it, like the air compressor thing. Yeah. Uh, it's so just offbeat and weird and uncomfortable. And it's all like brought to a head by the fact that there's really no score in this movie, so everything is just mm-hmm. ramped up to, to 100. And uh, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. I mean, it's one of the those performances where like, you can see the silhouette of him and be like, that's No Country yeah. for Old Men, you yep. know? And that right there alone it's le- lends itself to Coen this. It's classic Coen Brothers' like, character design that you're just like, yep, that's that who that is, yeah. Exactly. I have to revisit this movie. I haven't watched this movie in so long. Me neither. I think it's on HBO right now. I did in the, like my research for this. I did rewatch the coin toss scene. Oh my Which God. is like, it's been really bizarre watching a bunch of YouTube clips of like really evil villains being like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Put you in a weird mind state, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I think my favorite Bardem performance. It's actually this isn't my favorite Coen Brothers movie. My favorite Coen Brothers movie is uh, Raising Arizona, but this is definitely in my top three. Top five. Coen Brothers would be a good megapixels. Oh God, yeah, because they're Cause that's a deep that's a deep catalog. Yeah, them and Scorsese, it's like either you could go, mm. you know, but yeah, one of the more recognizable figures in modern cinema, and uh, yeah, even for people who haven't seen this movie, they're like, oh, that's the guy from No Country for Old Men. Like it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's like uh, what we were saying uh, with uh, Gladiator putting Javier, not Javier, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix on the map. This kind of put Javier Bardem in the mainstream and it was like yeah here here's this guy who's terrifying yeah and just a really wonderful performer so yeah. uh yep my number three javier bardem is anton in no country for old men amazing what's your number three willis so my number three and like i hope when at the end of this we reread all of them <laughs> one at, after the like other. we just do straight through <laughs> yeah i hope like listeners will appreciate how insane I feel about my list. Yes. Yes. My number three, I can't believe this beat out Zorg. Yes. My number three is Regina George from Mean Girls. Dude, yes. Yes. Regina George is one of the most like terrible, horrifying, like complex, amazing villains of like the past 20 years. Oh my God. So good. And it's one of those things that I'm like, I sit here and I'm like, I'm looking at, I have my huge list of like all these crazy like action movies and stuff. And I'm like, no, like 
Regina George in terms of evil. Oh, God. Way higher than Zorg. Yes. <laughs> like Zorg's an evil dude and like has no problem killing. Th- like Regina George is just another level of like evil and manipulative and just like just like visceral. I hate you reaction. Yes. Rachel McAdams. And is like, like oh. Rachel McAdams. <laughs> Who, like, who's playing against type. Yeah. Yeah. Who was like this was just after she was. Ooh, I'm going to timeline check myself on this, but this was like right around the notebook, which is like, yeah, a wildly different situation. Yes. Oh, the mean. Oh, interesting. Mean Girls. Uh, oh, Mean Girls and Notebook, both in 2004. Oh. Mean Girls, I think, technically came out before. OK, but so it's same. I mean, wow, what a two hitter for from. Yeah, Rachel well, and the Family Stone was in there, too. Oh, really? Um, okay. Which I don't know if you know that movie, but <laughs> her. I guess this we're at it again of like, here's one that put somebody on the map because her previous roles before that was like the hot chick mm-hmm. with um, what's That's his name? There? Schneider, right? Rob Schneider. Yeah. Which like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like just a devastatingly evil character across the board. Like there's no moment where you're like, oh, she's I guess she like, you know, and even like the retribution at the end was like earned i suppose sure but just oh the whole so evil so so evil so evil but in like a realistic way where you're like this yeah. this is a real person like yeah <laughs> you could run into this person oh that's a great one. Oh, i didn't even consider that and i will say i toyed with dqing this one because it's Why? also a musical ah it's on Broadway, but I was like, all right, that's nah, like a little on. deep. I can I can <laughs> pump the brakes on those rules yeah, there. But that's yeah. <laughs> that is a fantastic one. So I didn't Regina even... George. Wow. So evil. Super evil. Um, all right, so that'll bring me to my two. Yeah. Man, we are cooking through this. This is nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a massive shift. Um and <laughs> this is one that I would say is like arguably I'm a little biased on this because mm. I love this movie. Okay. Um, but my number two is Caster Troy from Face Off. Nice. Portrayed by Nicholas Cage and, John and or John Travolta. <laughs> I feel like Caster Troy is the perfect incarnation of like crazy Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Like I feel like it's like because there is Nicholas Cage where he's gone too crazy. And there's mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage where he's pretty subdued. Yeah. I feel like Caster Troy is like that. Like he's turned it up a, a bit, but like he's not gone completely insane, but right. it's still like a wild fucking character. And yeah. to see, you know, then John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage playing. Playing. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole depth of that uh, is amazing. And like. There's something for me with villains of just like an insanity level Mm -hmm. where it's like there's just like, yeah, here's here's some chaos for you that this person is clearly unhinged and doesn't give a shit, like clearly a sociopath, like doesn't care about human life. And yeah, uh, yeah, Caster Troy is just like one of those wild things that's so... It's iconic. So, so great to watch. And it, it really is. And it's like... Yeah, it's I, I read a thing or I watched something, a review in, in research of this. That's like this movie was uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage 
discovering after doing like a lot of Oscar worthy stuff that it's way more fun to play insane stuff. Yes. And they're like, oh, so like I can act if I want to, but it's way more fun to just be like an insane person in a John Woo movie who has his face torn off and like, yep, it's so good. And that's like, it's been like Nicolas Cage's philosophy for the last decade has been just like, oh, yeah. And then he never came back. He was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I won't say that. Pig was amazing. Yeah, he puts like one good performance in for every 12, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Has John Travolta ever come back? Is there anything in the past 10, 15 years that were like John Travolta was amazing in? Uh, Not that I can think of. The, I don't the, know. the remake of Taking of Pelham 123. <laughs> I saw that movie. I actually I love that movie. I saw that movie. <laughs> A few days later, I was like sitting there and I'm like, literally, I'm like, I cannot remember how that movie ended. I was like sitting there, like literally going like, okay, like they were in the subway and and I just like nothing, nothing. I had to have someone. I, I called the <laughs> person that I saw it with. What happened? And they were like, <laughs> it's that whole, they, they have the whole thing on the bridge. And I was like, I forgot about the fucking bridge. I forgot about anyway. the bridge. I forgot about yeah. the bridge where Denzel's out there. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah they're um, running along. I forgot about that. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. the whole thing. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't, I have nothing. Like nothing. Um, also taking a Pelham 123 was t- 13 years ago. Yeah. So like yeah, true. <laughs> Tony Scott. Man. Anyway, um, yeah. So to come back from uh, John Travolta's late career, yes. Um, yeah, man, Caster Troy, I, amazing, and amazing that he's so villainous, even though there's two people playing him. Yeah, I think is like th- that. It still feels like a singular character. I think is great. Exactly. No easy task. I mean, it's a ridiculous yeah. movie, but it's not like that terrible. Like people. Yeah. It's just yeah. watch Face Off. Also, guys. hey, two in a row. Nick Cassavetes in Face Off also directed The Notebook. Boom. Tie Boom. In. There it is. Through line. <laughs> Nick Cassavetes. Wow, that's a good one. Two good ones. Uh, yes. Yes. Oof. You were worried about those? Come on. I... <laughs> I have a hard time being like four Zord, three <laughs> Regina George, two Caster Troy. That's Troy. like whiplash, man. True, but all all good. Yes. So it's time <laughs> for you to bring us home, Josh. Um, oh God, it is. We're gonna we're gonna bring your number two, and then your my number, number one. one, then your number one. Okay, and then my number one. Yeah. All right. So number all two right. here, uh, guys. You knew I had to do it. You knew I had to include one horror movie, and this was no easy task because most of them ha- that are good have more than one in the series because they're yeah. cheap to make and they're really easy. So I had to kind of look in here, but it's this is a movie that to this day I don't really enjoy watching because it's so <laughs> discomforting. Uh, but it is so good. I'm so glad they never did a sequel to this movie. I hope they never do. It's the 2014 Jennifer Kent movie, The Babadook, which I've talked about before. Ooh, yeah. But is so deeply unsettling for so many different reasons, uh, one of which being the actual monster or creature or whatever you want to call it, maybe Mm -hmm. a figment of imagination, we're not sure, which is named The Babadook. It is terrifying, man. It is one of the scarier, like, monster ghost entities in any of these movies, and I'm including all of James Wan's stuff. It's Mm -hmm. definitely takes a lot from, like, German expressionists, like, very Dr. Caligari stuff in here. Like, there's a lot of, like, that 
it's not black and white. It feels black and white. There's a lot of angles, the cinematography, the set design, the design of the actual Babadook himself. It's like very much in that in that vein. Yeah. Um, but man, it's another one of those things where you could see the silhouette of this guy, and if you're a mm-hmm. horror fan, like you know that's the Babadook. And this one movie that came out what in 2014. Yeah. No one talks about it anymore. Yeah. It's one of those films. I haven't seen this movie, but I would absolutely be like, yeah, that's the Babadook. Exactly. Which is so, yeah. that's, to get something to be that recognizable and iconic is very, very, very hard. Um, but The Babadook, I mean, it's a movie all about motherhood and family dynamics and trauma, like deep, deep-rooted trauma and some drug addiction things in there, like an allegory. And it is, like, you only really see the monster himself a couple times, but when you do, mm-hmm. like, no score, only crazy sound design, you hear the him saying his catchphrase thing mm-hmm. in this raspy voice you just hear it you see the fear in everyone's eyes and it is just like it shakes me like i didn't see this in a theater i saw it at home and i even still i'm like oh my god yeah. like this is so deeply unsettling um and again it's one of the only horror movies of this of this quality that they never expanded upon and maybe that's Jennifer mm-hmm. Kent being like you're not doing that like we're not yeah. this is a one and done this is and it's a perfectly perfect little movie that doesn't require more like you couldn't really extend it more with this kind of a character cuz it's like a it's it's yeah oh my god it's just so amazing uh shout out SE Davis amazing performance um also shout out Noah Wiseman the kid oh my god well, if you look <laughs> at some of the behind the scenes of how they shot it it's pretty interesting because you're like how do you shoot a movie like this yeah with a child like how because it's yeah. so deeply scary without terrifying yeah yeah and they're like well we just you know we told him we we're gonna take his toys away and that's how he screamed it wasn't like we showed yeah. him a scary photo i'm like that's just genius genius filmmaking uh so my number that's two impressive. is the babadook so scary watch it if you haven't it's just jennifer kent is a genius and that brings me to my number one yes this is one of my favorite movies ever this is one of my favorite performances ever it's a movie that we've talked about but i don't think we've i don't know how much of an affinity you have for this movie but it's a 2001 film uh by antoine fuqua called training day yes and uh, it's Denzel Washington as Alonzo. Alonzo. I mean, yep. how can you not? I mean, oh my God, this performance is because you know was in serious contention on my list. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it is, it's like not peak Denzel, but for me, it is where he's yeah. towing the line between. I like, think it is charisma, insanity, menace, like like humor, like he he throws it all at you and completely overshadows uh Ethan Hawke who is no one to be overshadowed like, um, by. by yeah. <laughs> like you don't even re- you don't even remember he's in this movie like <laughs> cuz Denzel Yeah, in it's it. Denzel Washington and the white guy. Yeah, some random white dude. Yeah. It's, oh, it's oh, <laughs> yeah. that's Ethan Hawke. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who in any other movie is overshadowing everybody else. Um but yeah, it's a it's a it's a crooked cop film uh where I mean, I don't want to give it all away, but he, he it's just <laughs> it it literally is basically it's a movie where you're not sure like the tone shifts a couple times mm-hmm. and you're not 100% sure until the end what's going on, which I think is what makes it work so much cuz you're along for the ride. Like Ethan Hawke is a new cop on the scene. He's getting taken around by a veteran cop portrayed by Denzel and he kind of just has to go along for the ride, and then you as the audience have to go along for the ride as well. So you, you see him start to do these things, 
but it doesn't, you're like, okay, we can let that go because they all seem like it's fine. Like, this is yeah. okay. You know, when they kill that dude, it's fine, you know? But man, oh, every monologue he has. Look up the diner scene, guys. Look up the ending scene. Everything. I'm pretty sure he improv the King Kong line. Like, I'm pretty sure that stuff was all off the dome. Uh, it, it's just... It's just amazing. It's just amazing, dude. Denzel Washington is one of the best actors ever, and this is my favorite performance of his. It's yeah, out the there. Force, it's wacky. Oh my the god, the force in this like is out of control. The it's insanity just... in his eyes, man. Like, yeah, you see it. He doesn't blink. Like when he's yelling at Ethan Hawke, or when he's like just talking sternly, he yeah. doesn't blink. And he's just yeah. staring, and it's like that's a performance. I that feel is like a true I, performance. I feel like I read at one point somebody compare it to like it's like a freight train. Yes, it's like yeah, like he's just he's gonna go. Like you can try and do whatever you want, but you think you're gonna, gonna going. stop a freight train? <laughs> he's going. Like yeah, oh, that's such a good pick. He yeah, he's a psycho, but he is measured and he's scary and he's got ego and he knows he has power and it's even at the end he doesn't believe anything can happen. Like he's like, "You're going to do this yeah. to me? Yeah. You think you're anything?" And you're like, "That's Denzel Washington, man. That's the power that he can bring to a role that's almost absurd. Like if it wasn't him, this movie likely doesn't work, you know? Like yeah. who who else? Mm-hmm. I don't think it works, but pair him with Antoine Fuqua with Ethan Hawke, uh and it's Full it's force. one of the best movies of of the last so 20 good. years. So Alonzo oh, man, I got to revisit that Training one too. Day. <laughs> so good. It was on Tubi the other day, so watch it for free guys. I don't know. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. Nice. Um so yeah. Number 1, Alonzo. All right, so we're down to my number 1. Number 1. I have no idea. I have no idea. So, okay. I'll I'll do a little I'll do a little thing here. I'm very proud of us. Because I sent you the thing uh, about uh, Christoph Waltz, and I was like, we can't do him. And then immediately after two, not immediately, like a couple minutes, I was thinking about it, and a couple more came to my mind that I was like, ah, we should probably DQ those. Yeah. Um, but I didn't say anything, but I'm proud of us that neither of us chose these two. So these are two, I think I'm going to put this out there of these two are like mentionable, but I'm glad they didn't make our list. Okay. Um, Tyler Durden. I know. Like I Tyler know. Durden is, uh, yeah. He was on my know. list. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, like I was there, but I'm like, I literally was staring. And I'm like, well, I can't pick that. Um, and Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Yes. Yes. Two epic performances. Awesome. I'm very proud of us that we didn't go for the like. I know. <laughs> the obvious like one. I couldn't you know. do Durden. I was like, there's just. Yeah. I yeah. can't. It's too, it's too it's obvious. Too Calvin Candy. <laughs> yeah. So. My number one is not either of those. Okay. But my number one is from a movie that I have watched a bunch, but not, how do I phrase this? A movie I have seen many times, mm. but I wouldn't say I've watched a lot. Oh. If that makes okay. any sense. Like it's uh, it's usually a very long time between uh, my watchings of this movie. Okay. It is a person that I've already talked about on this pod, on this episode. Um, And it is Stansfield from The Professional. Oh. Gary Oldman's character in The Professional. That's a great one. Is the most unhinged, insane. Yes. Sociopath of a villain of 
any movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like that was, I almost was like, can we not say like, eh, I guess um, it's just occurring to me that the professional also directed by Luke Besson. So I put Gary Oldman in two Luke Besson movies on my list, which kind <laughs> you know of makes what? me a little sad. Um, That's okay. Great I feel like if I had realized that before I'd have bumped Zorg, but <laughs> you went with your heart for a while. Zorg and Stansfield were my number one or were my number two and my number one. I was like, I can't oh. do back to back. Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, that would have been something. Gary Oldman in this movie is incredible. I went back and I rewatched a lot of his scenes from this. Mm -hmm. And this movie is from 1994. And I really, truly believe that his performance in this is the basis for a lot of modern movie villain. Oh, yeah. Like, there's like just the like, oh, you know, like, I don't care. I'm like, for those at home, I'm like doing a whole performance here. But like, it's like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, oh, I'm just going to kill that guy. I'm just going to kill that. You know, like, let me just like relax, crack my neck, walk in with a shotgun and like kill a kid. Like so yep. unhinged, not attached to reality at all. And it's like a performance that I think is so ingrained in what it means to be a villain. Yeah. That like it just is disseminating through like cinematic history. And I like... It's absolutely terrifying. He plays, he basically, he plays like a corrupt cop, basically, that like, you know, hires hitmen to kill people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Every room he walks into, he like immediately is just the full force in that room. And mm -hmm. just watching any of the clips just gives me chills. Yes. And not yes. to mention, it's probably one of the best line readings of the word everyone in cinema history. Yes. Yes, look up the clip. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Terrifying. Ter Absolutely gives me terrifying. chills. Yeah. And he's one of those, like, like again, it's another performance. It's like, if somebody else did this, I don't know that it would have necessarily worked. No way. Or yeah. felt like it fit in this movie. But he does it in a way that's like, you, you do, you're right. Like, it feels, you, you kind of have that have to have that air of, like, you don't know what he's going to do next. Like, yeah. anything can happen. And I think that's what works so well about these villains. It's like you, you have to believe that they could do something terrible. And yeah. this is the perfect example of like, yeah, this guy is uh Well and it's, it's up a, with this guy. <laughs> a similar thing of we were talking about like the and now I won't say that this is what brought Gary Ullman to, you know uh yeah. the A list or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um but like it's one of those things that like his previous there were like a couple movies, but like his previous two movies before this were Romeo is bleeding, which I don't know a lot about, but also true romance where he plays yep. Drexel Spivey, Spivey, mm -hmm. Spivey. I don't know. Um, Spivey maybe, I don't know. Which is like the beginnings of that, like insane character stuff. And then I feel like that kind of gave him the ability to just go full force, like yes. chaos incarnate. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I, I'm, ugh. Yes. <laughs> that movie is so fucking good. So um, good across the board. He's amazing in it. I, I I always forget how many villains Gary Oldman has like truly played. It's a lot and he's always so good. Well, it's like hilarious because I'm like looking at his IMDb here and like literally, you know, there's Leon the Professional and then a couple down the line, there's the fifth element and then Air Force One. Yep. <laughs> which is like where he plays like 
kind of the same kind of insane yes. thing, but yeah, uh, and then lost in space, you know. Yes, yes. He man, it only I guess it was just rather recently that he started to do this like good guy type of thing where he's like, yeah, I mean, and even Jim, Jim Sirius and, Black, not a great guy, you know, like well, n- like yeah, well, yes, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll do yeah. a Harry Potter pod at some point. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, just man. tour de force, man. That's yes. that's my number one. The that's professional, a great number one, Stansfield. I don't think he has a first name. I think in the whole thing, he's just referred to as Stansfield. Yeah, I can't recall one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But all right, so Josh, uh, run me through your your top. <laughs> run me through your top six there. So my top six, my number six is Armand Asante as Zekel Khan in The Road to El Dorado. My number five is Stephanie Sue as Jobu Topaki in Everything Everywhere All at Once. My number four is Lionel Barrymore as Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life. My number three is Javier Bardem in The Cohen's Masterpiece as Anton, No Country for Old Men. My number two is The Babadook from The Babadook. And my number one, is Denzel Washington as Alonzo in Training Day? That is a wild list. <laughs> it is. I appreciate that we both kind of put runners up as like, yeah, here's this animated film from my childhood yeah. that's really fucking scary. It has to go in. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I have to put one in. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, what's your list? All right. So here's my list in its full glory. Yes. Uh, yes. My no runner shame. up. No, no shame. My runner up, Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas. My number five, Commodus from Gladiator. Yes. My number four, Zorg from The Fifth Element. I, I wish I knew Zorg's full name off the top of my head. It's a uh, long name. <laughs> number three, Regina George from Mean Girls. Number two, Caster Troy from Face Off. And my number one is just full on Stansfield from Leon the Professional. That is a great list. That is a fantastic list. (laughs) We hit like every genre here. We did. It's true. Like that was crazy. That's great. (laughs) Do you have any other, do you have any like honorable mentions that were on your list that you're like, I feel like you should have said something about this, but Um, didn't. I did. I deleted them all, so I can't remember. I'll I'll try and think. Do you have any? Well, I had uh, Kaiser Soze from The Usual Suspects. Yep. That I told him for a little bit, but I was like, he doesn't really, he's kind of just like a menace Mm -hmm. that like doesn't really do anything. So it's just like a name. Yeah. um, Through the whole thing. So I was like, yeah, I don't know. I did toy with John Doe from Seven. Yeah. Uh, Spacey. Spacey. That's, That's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. That I put in the same kind of, well, I guess because it's venture movies, but I put in the same thing as Fight Club of. Exactly. Like, like yeah, like epic villains. But yeah, I did. Honestly, one I was toying with was um, Sigourney Weaver and Holes. Oh, because I was just running Ooh, through. That's and I'm like, really interesting. Oh, that was good. It was her and, and um, John Voight and yeah. uh, Tim Blake, Tim Nelson? Blake Nelson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah as like a trio of just terrible people and yeah. it's like and that was like that's a good Sigourney. Woo. <laughs> that holes man i remember that movie classic classic i feel like i had to read that book for school or something I don't remember. i'm sure you did i'm sure you did dude there are so many i mean honestly yeah. even cutting out the ip and the franchises like there are so many we could have done a yeah. top 20 you know <laughs> like this yeah. is and uh but you don't think I don't think a lot about the villains afterwards, which is why this was an interesting exercise. Yeah. I'm like, I don't usually, you know, go back and go, wow, you know what? But yeah, man. Good stuff, man. Really good stuff. <laughs> Gotta love a good villain. This was a really mm-hmm. fun 
exercise. Yes. And I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. <laughs> yeah. These I are very like, much we did lists yeah. of both of our, like very much our two lists. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, with that. Yeah. Uh, let's bring it home. Let's do it. Josh, you want to tell people where they can find you and your love of movie villains on the internet? Absolutely. You can find me and my love of movie villains on Twitter at Josh Fuller 33. Fuller is spelled with no E. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. Letterboxd, you'll be able to see every movie that I watch uh, as I watch them. And where can people find you on the internet, Willis? All right. You can find me on the internet uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, Letterboxd at Willis Film. Uh, where I've been posting some stuff. Hooray. Yeah. And if you want to find the podcast itself, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters. You can find us on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod. Uh, and you can find us on Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, where you can find this top five list, all of our other top five lists. I was going to like try and run through them, but I was like, there's no way I get through Josh's no, whole no. list <laughs> off the top of my head like this. But yeah, well, you'll see all of our lists and yeah, this is this is pretty good. Yeah. Yes. I'm proud of us. That Me was too. Epic. We really we didn't fold. We did exactly what we wanted to do yes. here. Uh, and they're exactly different what lists. we wanted. And yeah, check out all of them. I mean, our recommendations will be our number ones, I guess. So, yeah. you know, training day. I will day absolutely and 100% Leon the professional. Training day and Leon the professional. <laughs> absolutely we can recommend those. We can recommend those full uh full force there. So, check them out. Check out all the movies on these lists. Um and yeah, guys. <laughs> and that'll do it. That will do and it. And that'll do it. That was a weird... That'll do it? <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is when we uh, know we've got to bail out because they start getting all exactly. chaotic here. Um, <laughs> all right, Josh. Well, this has been amazing. We will be back yes. next week with another regular episode of Pixel Splitters. Be sure to check out our mini-sodes, mini-sodes, I guess, uh, of yeah, Tuned yeah. In every Sunday when we talk about what we've been watching recently. Yeah. <laughs> Josh and I both watched a new Sylvester Stallone movie this week, so tune in to hear our thoughts on that. Definitely um, tune in. <laughs> yes. Tuned in to tune tune in to tuned in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh end of pod? Yes, end of pod. Yes.